welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Thomas Keller to my Heston Blumenthal. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? <laughs> doing well. And our very own Gordon Ramsay. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how do you feel that I picked the most famous Michelin-starred chef? <laughs> well, he's got he's got 17, 17 Michelin stars. I looked this up. Yeah, uh, when that, he's that's happy, he says things very quickly and then ends the sentence, yes. We're gonna have a good day, good show today. Yes. Uh, when he's mad, he just goes, "Ah, you donkey!" And then if you want to f words in between. If you want to dunk on, uh, if you want to dunk on Gordon Ramsay, look up his video for grilled cheese. Oh it no! Is, it is not. It is not good. And then he he eats the grilled cheese and he realizes it's. Tr- you could tell he realizes it's trash. And he's like, "It's it's a pro- it, it's not good." <laughs> so yeah, it's very funny. But no, I get uh, track that down. Before we start, um, I want to say uh, the the super fan thing. Has always been a little weird to me, except for one super fan, uh, Mama Blue, the OG, the original. Uh, rest, she is, she passed today. Uh, today, right? Today, rest, rest in peace. This morning, yeah. Mama Blue, uh, thank you for not monetizing your your super fandom and just being an actual great fan. I I love it. So I had no idea. Yeah, it sucks. Before we have... before we started, you said, "Are we going to hit the RIP?" And I was like, "RIP for what?" No, that sucks. Yeah, it's super really sucks. sucks. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she I was a, she was an OG. Put, they should they should put her in Madden every year for the rest of time. Did not monetize it, and also was Mama Blue when we sucked. Like yes. that's that's the big thing. There was no <laughs> yeah. like I can't handle this gap or anything. She didn't like come with the rise of the team or anything. No, 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 no. thick and thin. She suffered through the gym warriors just like the rest of, the rest of us. <laughs> she, she she thought Rick Meyer was going to be good like the rest of us. Um, yeah, oh, it's uh, her and Mr. and Mrs. Seahawk are like the only super fans that don't actively annoy me. This yeah, but she's she was goaded. She was the best. Okay, yep. um, so the they, they asked so John Schneider and Pete Carroll at the combine they did a they did a press conference. Uh, they asked him about. Uh, the Russell Wilson thing and John Schneider said it's water under the bridge, which is not a denial. And Pete Carroll said something to the tune of, um, I just believe what goes around comes around and you get what comes back to you. So So what do you guys, what do you guys think? Uh, What do you guys think about their response to the uh, Russell Wilson wanted us to get fired controversy? You know, Uh, that was the, the uncle Pete pulling out the, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed is that's brutal that is absolutely brutal that no curse laden tirade could have been more damning than that statement yeah. from the two of them <laughs> people are gonna think that pete was like well what goes around comes around the denver broncos were bad last year no it's pete being like no no we, we handled it right and uh that's why we made the playoffs last year and everything's gonna be great but yeah secretly it's shame <laughs> yeah he, he's basically that's like the meanest thing pete carroll could possibly say but i mean he wasn't talking about russ he was talking about himself like i gotta be nice about it because i if i don't something bad will happen to me he doesn't doesn't care about that um the rumors of a bobby wagner reunion are starting to to go from a simmer to a boil so um just get yourselves ready and um yeah i don't think it's bad at all like we need a linebacker hopefully that chip on his shoulder from being cut is still there and we get the the great bobby that we all remember the one that we saw in the rams games last year where he was just he killed us worst games. case he was so good if seahawks management wants us to make a diss track and uh send it over in mp3 so that he could just play it on loop while he's practicing and stuff we're, we're down 
Hey, it's okay. Right. We'll have at least two games with good uh, with them against the Rams. You know, <laughs> Eric, uh, John Schneider said we're not going to push past people. We're not going to. That's one of the things we've done in the past. Like I was addressing earlier, we're not going to push guys into a spot just because of a specific need. We've seen uh, them also comment. You don't get to pick in the top of the draft like this very often. Schneider said, guys, quarterbacks like this don't grow on trees. Are we drafting a quarterback in the top five of this year's draft, Eric? Well, he thankfully didn't say something like, we believe, you know, Jalen Carter is probably a pretty all right dude deep down inside. <laughs> if, he, if he'd have said that, I'd have, have, have sounded the alarm, you know, um, especially this week. That's I've actually been late to news all week. Uh, my buddy at work was like, hey, you think we're going to go after Jalen Carter? And I was like, ah, it all depends. I kind of went over the podcast notes and he was like, He's like, even though he's, you know, he's got the warrant. I'm like, oh, he's got a warrant now? Oh, never mind. Everything I just said. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. Um, I love warrants. They had many hits in the 80s. <laughs> they, had, they had at least two. Maybe, maybe just one. I so, love that uh, cherry pie. I, <laughs> I think that the Seahawks aren't fooling around here. I think quarterback could very well be the thing that they're looking for at five. Will the quarterback they want be available at five? You think I'm going to say no here, but I think that there's a chance, and this, going back to last week's podcast, could be a bad thing, that four quarterbacks are taken before us, and we still <laughs> have the guy we want, which is going to be like, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, three, the three, three, got three quarterbacks go in front of us, one defensive yeah. player, and then the fourth guy's the guy we wanted. Yeah. It, for me, or for four me, quarterbacks go, and Will Anderson's the consolation prize, and man, that's a good door prize. Yeah, yeah. The for for me, like it is looking like. I mean, to me, it's quarterback that we love, Will Anderson Jr. or trade down, just go down and let one of the other teams that's quarter more quarterback desperate than us give us a, a bounty of picks because we need talent. We need talent infusion, and if if the guys aren't there like that, we love and. Like I love Will Anderson, but I think there's a pretty significant drop off, especially with Carter. Now, I, I, Carter is just a huge question mark for me, and you might be able to get him if you trade down to nine, or you could take like Lucas Van Ness or one of these other guys that I think could be really good. So you can do other things now, and it's just yeah, I would have, I would, have, I think you got to be looking at the quarterbacks. You just have to. This is the this is the time. You don't get to pick in the top five very often. These guys all look great in the combine yesterday. Um, they all had gr- put up put up big numbers. Um, Anthony Richardson, forty point five inch vertical, ten foot nine broad jump, combine records, four four three, fourth fastest quarterback ever. Um, and then on the throwing drills, I mean, those guys were just dropping dimes. And I know, like people will say, like, oh, everyone looks good in shorts, but like everyone made that joke <laughs> about jo- everyone made that joke about Josh Allen, including me, and we had to eat it after we figured out that hey, if you can throw in shorts, you can definitely eventually figure out how to throw not in shorts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you if you have the ability to do it in shorts, you probably can eventually figure it out. So if yeah, it turns out and, they just wear the shorts under the uniform. We'll see what Richardson was like in the in the um in the interviews, you know, because that's what's gonna matter. That's what's gonna matter to Pete and John, right? Is that these four quarterbacks are all talented. We know it. We know we see the the, the splash plays, the good plays. There's enough on tape that you know these guys are all good. Did did they uh did they do enough in the interview to really impress Pete and John? Because culture fit matters for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, How do you handle the staring contest? What do you look like with a shirt off? <laughs> These key questions. But Stroud, seriously, though, did you see Stroud's, Stroud's throwing drills? 
Yeah. Like, man, what a just all dimes. Like I was I was like I knew he was accurate, but I was I was blown away by just because I had kind of knocked Stroud slowly down my board. Like I, I put him below young and then I was like, you know what? Is he really better than Levis and and uh, Richardson? And it's like he's definitely safer because, man, this guy just it's all perfect throws. I think the question is, is his ceiling Derek Carr or is his ceiling Joe Burrow? Because if he's Joe Burrow, put it exactly where the receiver needs it and like allow all of your talent, like like the well, true distributor of the football, that is a very different ceiling. And CJ said, he said, I can run. And it, you saw it in the Georgia game a little bit. He can run. He just doesn't have that like, it's a mental thing, right? Like he, he has the athleticism to run and he didn't run at the combine, but he'll run at his pro day and I bet you his time will be good. But you you, you can run. And so that for me, it's like, Okay, you can run. You know you should run more. You ran in the Georgia game, the last game that we saw where you were excellent and got some first downs with your legs. Uh, yeah, I think. And the, if you could just run as much as Gino does, where you just you run like three or four times a game and basically pick up a first down or make like a second or third manageable, that's all the running you have to be able to do in order for it to be a legitimate threat. And and like is last year's Gino on a rookie contract? Like that's a player you definitely want. So like if that's the if that's the downside case for CJ Stroud, last year's Gino on a rookie contract, uh, take that over last year's Gino on a thirty five million dollar contract. <laughs> he's waiting, he's waiting for it, or even a seventeen million dollar contract. Like yeah, it's just it's just a great. I mean, you they have to be looking at these quarterbacks. I think for me, top five pick. It's quarter. I'm in quarterback or bust. Um, I would settle for Will Anderson. Um, that's about it. I'd, I'd trade down if I'm not getting one of those guys to let like, especially if like, okay, let's say the first three quarterbacks go and it's young and it's Richardson and it's uh, Stroud and they don't like Levis. They, the interview with him was weird, which would not be surprising uh, from, from what we've heard about. Levis. Levis hates how Pete Carroll kept cutting him off. <laughs> exactly. There was content. <laughs> it was contentious for some reason. Now, now, you know, you, okay, you trade down to the team that wants to come up and get Levis. You trade down to seven with the Raiders. You trade down to nine with the Panthers. You pick up their first round pick next year. They'll suck because they're the Panthers and the, <laughs> the Raiders. So you pick up a top 10 pick next year for, for seven plus, uh, you know, maybe you pick up a third rounder as well. Great. Cool. Now you're, you're in great shape. Uh, and, and at nine, I don't think the drop off from Will Anderson to, you know, the, the guy you can get at nine or if you want to take the risk on Carter at seven or nine, that's probably the place to do it. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm into it. All right. Any other thoughts? Oh, combine thoughts. Is there any like uh, overall overarching combat thines, thoughts, Kevin? I know D-line fast, right? <laughs> that was a, that was a theme. D-line fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric, um, did you see did you see some of these times, Eric? I, I glazed over them, but I don't really know what to compare them to. I'm so okay, bad at bro, overall okay, here, numbers. I'm just going to give you some things. Like I'll give you heights and weights and then times because I think that puts it in context for like okay. a, a person, right? <laughs> Brian Bercy is six foot five and 298 pounds. He okay. ran a 4.8640, 94th percentile at 300, 300 pounds, basically. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a combine number that will shoot you up a – like if you were going to projected late third, you were easily in the second now. Yeah, I feel like that Brian Bercy went from like dropping into the late first because I think the more you watch his tape, the more disappointed you get to to like now he's solidly back in the middle of the first round. Kevin, would yeah, you like say? top twenty. Yeah, I yeah. think I think he confirmed his top twenty status with his athletic uh, testing. Kalijah Kansi from Pittsburgh ran a four six seven at two hundred and sixty pounds. Uh, that's that's big. Um, it was the it was the, I think, what, second fastest 260-plus pound 40, Kevin? 
Yeah, it's uh, called a freight train, by the way. And he ran it. <laughs> a, didn't he run it at 282? Uh, I didn't look. Maybe, no, it was 280. I sorry, my notes wrong. Yeah, it, you're right. It's two second fastest 280 plus pound 40. Second fastest is, to who? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I, the dude who ran it this year. Oh, it's another. It's another. Oh, it's like out of boy. Out of boy. Yes. And then um, Nolan Smith ran a four three nine, uh, at at edge, ninety ninth percentile. That's fast. Uh, I think he weighed in at like two thirty nine. Kevin, is that correct? Uh, uh yeah yeah 238 okay 238. so okay. yeah so yeah just these these guys were these guys were uh were moving and it's not just them like auto like you said autobiore 4.5 or 4.49 yeah adiba uh, wore a 282 and ran a 44940 that dude is uh that dude is basically um he's t- 10 pounds heavier than trevon walker and everyone just like got all over themselves about Sharon Walker's 40 <laughs> last year and it's 0.02 seconds faster. Yeah, dude, he's Shelby Harris's size and he ran a and he ran a 40-yard dash in Chris Carson time. Like yeah, that's I mean, just, dumb. These defensive linemen, this is a great defensive line. It's a good draft to need Eric, I know you've been talking about you got to improve that defensive line, those front five guys, the the two guys on the edge and the three in the middle. Well, I don't know if there's a nose tackle in this draft, but all those other positions, there's definitely dudes that are going to be available because, man, what a even like like Byron, Byron Young, like Byron Young, four, four, three, jumped 11 feet in the broad jump. Like these guys are just, wow. yeah, it's nuts. It's just nuts. These guys, the defensive line guys were impressive. Uh, they had to make they had to make up for uh, for some of the, uh, the other positions, I guess. All right, you guys. Um, oh, and one thing, Riley Moss, I got to say. We're finally gonna. I think we're gonna finally get a, like a starting NFL cornerback that's white again. Yeah, ran four four five. He ran four four five. I know there's a website like it's like Not white cornerback watch, which is which is super funny to me. But yeah, the, he's gonna make it. And he was talking about about it on the stand too. They asked him questions like, "Hey man, do you feel like you're like like?" He's like, "I'm one of one." It's like, "Yep, you really are," because there's none. There's no other. There's no oh other ones of you. You're, you really I are can't one wait of for one. The Seahawks to draft him on day three and move him to safety and kill the dream. <laughs> He looks, the thing is, he'll like, be an excellent oh, safety. No. I mean, he'd be good. All right, you guys ready to talk running backs? I think sure. I think we have to because Pete Carroll and John Schneider both during their their press conference talked about running the ball being a part of identity, and they said um, that teams need to have a two back committee in this day and age of football. Uh, we've seen Kenneth Walker last year, but probably not a ton of faith in DJ Dallas and Travis Homer to be the stand the second standard bearer there. We'd love to upgrade from that, right? I, I don't know. At least I would. So we I broke the running. We broke the running backs into four tiers. Uh, they are um, the first tier. Uh, the first tier is called he's him. And it's Bijan Robinson. Just that's it. <laughs> just just Bijan Robinson. <laughs> uh, Eric, we've talked a lot about Bijan Robinson this part. Have you had a chance to uh, to catch up on any uh, B, of the Bijan Robinson hype? A little bit, uh, because I think this is a guy that if we trade down. I wouldn't be surprised if we get. If, yep. um, honestly, also if he catapults into like possibly, this is, this is a guy that if it, if it's and running backs, are t- like... running backs are testing as we speak. So like you're, okay. it, it's, 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 so it's like, yeah, he could jump, but I get what you're saying. He could jump up like, cause we're, as we're recording this, the running backs are doing their, their physical testing and when offensive you... linemen. Oh, I'm so excited for offensive linemen too. So <laughs> actually, I'm so excited for offensive linemen. Too. I mean, it is. You got to see how those big boys move. Yeah, well, you think you think the defensive linemen are fast? Yeah, we'll be faster <laughs> than the offensive linemen. That's for sure. Uh, no, I I think that you know with this guy being uh, 
Christian McCaffrey-esque. I don't know if that's a little too taboo to say. Um, don't be surprised if this guy is taken way earlier than you think he is. Like, I don't think if he if he tests well at the combine that he has a chance to fall to us with our second pick. I think that he might be a top 10 pick. And I'm not saying that we're going to take him at five, but don't be surprised if he's taken at six or at four or at five. Yeah. Who knows? And, you know, and I don't think he's getting past Philadelphia at 10. It would just okay. be an absolute stunner for me because it's such a position of need for them unless they see something in Miles Sanders that everyone else with eyes doesn't. Um, so, so, well, that wouldn't include Miles Sanders. Yeah, yeah, he can't see any any holes. But <laughs> yeah, B, B. John Robinson is a special player. He can catch. He can he can run. Um, he can do everything you want a, a guy to do on a football field. He's big. Uh, he's not he's not like a, a, a small. Yeah, he measured dude. in at five eleven two fifteen. Like that's yeah. a really good size for a running back. Two, two inches taller than Jonathan Taylor, about the same uh, weight. You know, this is a big running back, and we'll see how he moves today. I mean, he could he could really bomb these drills, but I, I having seen him play football a lot, I doubt it. <laughs> think i think if he'll move he'll move really good is he doing all the drills or is he skipping some kevin do you know uh, i haven't gotten i haven't seen any official yeah, about I, which I think doing. i think he must be doing stuff usually people say uh, it gets out there if he's just not doing anything yep he's taking he probably the field is because he's gonna do combat. so well yeah he's gonna crush it and uh, a very exciting football player uh yeah and his versatility is is unmatched it's it's really you know, imagine Saquon Barkley before you know he's going to get injured a thousand times. I mean, it's it's that level of, <laughs> of okay. Plus, he's not like Saquon where it's negative two yards, zero yards. This guy will get the tough yards too because of the because yeah. of the size. So yeah, very exciting football player. Um, I think yeah, like you he said, would he would be a, just, probably a top five receiver in this draft if he was just a receiver. Yeah, just a really like good football. He, he can line up in the slot and be a dominant slot receiver. Um, he can line up in the backfield. Like he's got that Debo Samuel flexibility. Well, speaking of Debo Samuel style flexibility, um, the second tier is called He's Him Junior because it's also a guy that I think is very, very good, but he's just smaller. He's just more diminutive. Were you uh, he's about not quite it almost He's Him. <laughs> Uh, no, he's him, but little, I don't know. Jameer Gibbs is in a tier by himself. Him. <laughs> he hates him. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, All right. I'm done. Wait, so wait, is it like Lil Jordan Humphrey? It's Lil Jameer Gibbs. So Jameer Gibbs, uh, play for Alabama last year. He has the same level of, of, um, kind of exciting flexibility. Kevin, when you watch Jameer Gibbs at Alabama, what, a, what is, uh, what stands out to you? Uh, speed and acceleration. Like this guy gets up to speed fast and he has a breakaway gear. He is a big play waiting to happen all the time. Um, really dangerous as a receiver. Like the only thing that limits him is uh, basically the only thing that limits him is his size limits him as a pass blocker. And he has kind of uh, his arms aren't particularly long and his hands aren't particularly big. So his catch radius isn't like amazing, but Here. I mean, we're here's nitpicking. The, here's the thing about like people are like, oh, you know, he might not be be a, a great pass blocker, but he's going to take a player out of the play by being such a good route runner. It doesn't he's going to have a similar effect on the defense, whether whether he's he's catching the ball or not. So, yeah. So the way he just he's able to move and the way that he's able to to run, he's super talented. Um, I mean, he's it's just he's rare. He's rare. He's like Bijan. He's he's rare. This guy, I think, if Bijan didn't exist, I 
people would be hyping up Jameer Gibbs as like, hey, this guy's going to go in the top 15. Like, you'd be surprised. He's just really that good. Uh, so do but you think he's still a top 15 guy? I mean, granted, without combine numbers? I think he's back end of round one. Okay. I think I think he'll fall <laughs> a little bit because there is another running back to kind of fill the void of the team that wants a running back really bad. Um, and then if you look at the if we look at the draft order, like I just don't don't know who's going to take him. Like if I look at this draft order, I wouldn't be surprised if like New England took him at fourteen or football team took him at sixteen. Those would not be stunners for me personally. So yeah, and then Tampa Bay at nineteen as well is a team that could is going to need a running back because they are going to have to cut a million guys to get. I, under, <laughs> to get I also think the days maybe teams undervaluing running backs in drafts is maybe coming to Mm -hmm. a close let's let's face it like for the past i don't know three or four drafts there's that one guy and then they're like nah running backs are expendable you just you pick them up on waiver wires you pick them up after the draft and i think that's probably you know coming to a close at least for this season and i think one thing one thing about gibbs too is i don't think there's a scheme in the nfl you could drop him into where he'd be bad no, and in addition to that, not only would he not be bad in any scheme, in an outside zone scheme, he would be so dangerous. Like, if you have a good blocking outside zone scheme, this guy is, like, potentially top running back in the league type good. Yep. You know, he'll do it all. And you could play Gibbs and Walker on the field at the same time, too. If this is a guy we, we look at at 20, uh, I think that you could totally put those two guys on the field at the same time you know, have Gibbs roll out to the, to the outside or, or, you know, have them split and do, do, do weird stuff. I don't think it would be un, unreasonable or, or super weird or anything, but, you know, we could do the DJ Dallas four running backs play where <laughs> DJ's the quarterback <laughs> this time. Maybe he won't throw an interception because Gibbs will be open. I don't, I don't know. All That's right. Our so backup the, backup plan. If we don't draft back, a quarterback and we don't resign Gino, just line up DJ Dallas there with uh Gibbs and a, uh, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of it for guys who I think could get taken in round one. I mean, if Gibbs fell to a fell to the top of the second round, it wouldn't stun me. Like he is small, and I but I would I would doubt it. I I would be I don't think it's going to happen. A good team is going to pick him up to fill in that hole. Uh, you know, Buffalo Bills even at twenty eight. Like I just don't think he's getting twenty nine. Cincinnati if yep. they're cutting they're cutting Mixon. Like it's not he's not getting past that zone of end of first round really good teams who just. They just need the one playmaker. This is the playmaker. This is the oh, guy. Oh gosh! So, Kansas City gets them with the last pick in the. <laughs> Stop. That would, that that would be gross. That would suck because I mean, what a, wait, what? Because they Kansas they are they have a power back now, kind of developing in Pacheco to kind of complement to Pacheco. Just like uh, we need one yard. Okay, put Isaiah out there, and Isaiah Pacheco can catch too. He's not like a like a like a. You slouch. can put them both on the field at the same time, and Correct. we know Andy Reid can use two running backs simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, oh what are the chances though that the Seahawks do go something crazy like quarterback, running back in the first round? That I mean, it's not zero. The Seahawks, it's not it's zero. Not, That's amazing. That's it's not exciting. zero, and it, I think people would freak out too. Like, yeah. oh, we need a defensive lineman so bad. How could I you would do this? Freak but, out, but I'd be kind of excited if we. Got but our offense. our offense would be so good. <laughs> so so I don't know. Okay, it, hashtag fun to watch. <laughs> so the next the next category uh is guys that we would all me and Kevin said we would be fine with if the Seahawks took with the day 2 pick. So I, I didn't even like I was like oh some of these are second rounders some of these are third rounders like I'll let the Seahawks sus- figure that out. Um these are all guys where if we took them in the second or third round I'd be like okay okay I'm into it. Let's start with the Blazer, the fastest man Probably gonna set the the set the bar in the combine today, Devin Achain. 
Kevin. Uh, did I say that right? Is that how you say his name? Is it Akin? Uh, I think it's A-Chain, yeah. A-Chain, okay. So, yeah, Ooh, Texas, Texas, right a- Texas A&M University, he is small, but wow. He is yeah, probably fastest. 5'8 and a half, 188. He probably is the fastest player in, in college football. Uh, this uh, dude has Olympic-class track athlete. Like, um, part of the reason why he's so small, uh, weight wise is because he keeps his weight down because he's competing at a championship level in track at Texas A&M. Yeah. He's so, he's so good. He's so fast. I mean, he has great splash plays when you you throw on the tape, like where he just runs, uh, runs past everyone. He said, he's going to run the fastest 40. Um, he said he saw DJ Turner ran a four, two, six, that's the bar, but I can't go out there and not show my speed and. Yeah, I think he's going to – at the bare minimum, this guy will be an excellent, excellent kick returner. That's like the that's like the low bar is that like this guy will be able to return punts and kicks for you and and burn everyone. But I'm I'm relatively certain there's there's more here than that. Um, it's A-Chain. By the, yeah, A-Chain. I looked it up. Uh, what a he's, name. He's 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 not like you, – you hear the size like 5'9", 188, but he's rocked up. Like he's not – he's not – small or he doesn't look tiny he doesn't look fragile um, yeah he's not um he's not a great pass catcher which is why i think that he's he's not gonna not gonna go too early you can get him a little bit later uh but the way he's he just, got shorter arms and smaller hands which kind of caps his pass catching potential the way he can kind of slip through uh slip through tough <laughs> he can slip through tough tough uh tough holes like he he's he seems he just like squeezes through man um, a lot of people have compared him to Leon Washington, which I think is super fair and also just a fun comparison because that's an ex-Seahawk. You know who <laughs> made me think of? Uh, do you remember Javid Best? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, before like he got murdered on the field, uh, he kind of reminds me of Javid Best where it's just you hand him the ball and it might be it might be a 80-yard run because it, that's just on the table every time you give him the ball. And that's always an exciting it- brand of player. Uh, you guys watch the tape. Uh, he good at making cuts. It looks like. Yeah, he's good. Good cuts. Good at finding holes. So his biggest weakness, I think, as a like a a runner, is sometimes he waits a really long time, like kind of waiting for the hole. But because he has such good acceleration, like he knows if he can get that that window, that little bit of daylight, he he will be gone. But he will wait for it, and sometimes he just gets hit in the backfield because of it. Yeah. So that that's kind of a that's kind of like a a thing he will need him if we draft him to be more decisive. But that's something you can you can work on. It's not that's not like a um it's not the end of the world. That's a common problem for a back coming out of college because a lot of times coming out of high school you're trying to teach them to wait for blocks to develop and so sometimes they take to that lesson a little bit too much. Like that's something you'll hear from college coaches. Yeah. Uh so. yeah, I would say yeah, extreme threat is an outside runner. Uh, he needs to add a little bit of bulk um, because the problem is he can't even run really through arm tackles right now. So they're like, even if he has good contact balance or something, he just can't use it. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, a guy with a great name, Eric. Have you heard of him? Greater than tank? Devin H. Green? Yeah, Tank Bigsby. You like that? <laughs> you like, you like Do you play for Texas? Uh, no, he Auburn. actually uh, uh, he actually fought in World War One for the British. Oh, Tank Bigsby. I I'm uh, all about drafting an oil man at some point. Tank Bigsby. All right, Tank, uh, Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. Um, for a guy who's 210, I don't know what he actually weighed in at. 210. Um, yeah. 210 pounds. This guy uh, should not be able to cut like this. That's 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 my Tank Bigsby review. Is like how 
<laughs> how does he how does he do that? He any his ability to change speeds, like the gears that he has for a guy that big is pretty pretty impressive. Um the bad thing is is if you watch the whole games, he disappears for a long stretches of time where he just like doesn't really do anything. He doesn't find the hole. Um he's tough, so he never gets like shut out. You know, he's not getting like negative yardage, but he's just for me, I would like I would like to see him be a little more consistent across the board. Uh, so and also guys can catch it from behind. Very, very uh, Chris Carson esque in the like I I did this really cool cut. I got to the open field. I got twenty six yards, and then some guy caught me from behind. <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of very that's a very Tank Bigsby thing to do. Yeah, so. a fast linebacker will catch him from behind. I wouldn't be surprised if he runs like low four fives in the forty. Yeah, but do you, do you like Tank Bigsby as well, Kevin? Did you is he in your Day yeah, two picks. I think he's pretty complete. And uh, one thing to know about his college numbers is that um, he was playing for an Auburn offense that was in an identity crisis um, for his last two years. And I think that's something that capped what he was able to do. Like the recruiting wasn't great. They switch head coaches. Um, the coach who came in was kind of trying to like change everything to be. Uh, he's, a, he's a Boise State guy, but he didn't know what he wanted Auburn to be. And he didn't quite make it anything. And so as a result of the identity crisis, I think that just kind of capped what he was able to do. I could see him coming into the league and being a better back than he was in college. Um, all right. Then then there's, there's so many here. There's, there's, there's a lot of day two guys for running backs, uh, guys who are going to get picked probably a, to, in, the, in round three, maybe round two, a few of them in round two. Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. Um, 4.15 yards per attempt, uh, average seven yards a carry last year, uh, 14 touchdowns. Um, Charbonnet, the thing I like about him is that he, he handled the, the whole everything. Like he was the, he was the guy. They made him carry the ball a bunch of times. Uh, he had really had to, to do it. And yeah, he's good. He's not a great, not a great, um, his name sounds too fancy to be an NFL player. I don't know how I feel about that. If he, uh, if he what could, you should like is the contrast because he is not fancy. If he can get, if he can get better at like getting away from linebackers after he catches the ball, that would raise him uh, his profile level up for me. It, he just like he just like does the same circle route and stands in the middle of the field every time on passing plays. Did you notice that, Kevin? <laughs> he just runs this. He runs the same like like little circle thing, and then he just stands there. When we get um, to wide it? receiver, I'll talk about uh, Hyatt running like three routes, and that's it. Um, Charbonnet ran three routes. That's it. He did like yeah. the little circle route. He did uh, what is it, the Texas route, where it's like you like basically make a triangle running like towards a sideline and then towards the middle of the field, uh-huh. and then uh, just like the standard like flats route, where he's like, okay, I have to run to exactly this point on the field, and then I will make a ninety degree turn and I will run straight towards the sideline. It's like he's he's very big and very hard to bring down, though. I think that yeah. this guy, this guy will will play on on Sundays and be an effective running back mostly because of that. Like he will break a few tackles. He's he's uh he's just going to be a really good, solid kind of guy you put into a rotation. Right. Like this is a guy you just throw into a rotation. Comp guy. Uh, I don't uh, have one. Jordan yeah. Howard or LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, those are fine. Legarrette Blunt could could catch a, l- a little bit, but couldn't run any routes, so that's perfect for me. Uh, <laughs> let's go to let's go to how about Zach Evans, Ole Miss? Uh, that's a day two guy we both we both liked. Um, day Zach Evans uh, last year, uh, six point five yards per attempt, nine touchdowns. Uh, my thing is he's not 
super elusive. He wasn't like breaking a ton of tackles or anything. Uh, just kind of like a well, what would you would you say, Kevin? How would you describe Zach Evans? To uh, so he has good size, speed, athleticism. His burst is good. Um, like twenty five percent of his runs went for ten or more yards, but like like you said, his missed tackles weren't big. So his thing is he's got pretty good vision. He can spot the hole. He's a leg drive and fall forward guy. So like once he gets to contact, he's going to be getting like a, a, he's going to be getting some yards after contact. He's not easy to bring down, um, but he's not always patient. Like he has that uh, running in before the block is there problem. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Yeah, good. You want to go to the next guy, or you you got you got anything else for a? Uh... For our guy. Uh, I just have one thing, and it's because it'll make Eric smile. Uh, my comp for him is Julius Jones. Oh wow! Okay, is, <laughs> no, is that a, that's a that's a name that Seahawks fans forget and should. <laughs> All right, I'm a, <laughs> for, the, for the next guy. I'm gonna go over. Um, just I'm just gonna give uh, uh, stats from his final game. This is uh, as a college player. This is Dwayne McBride. Final his final game as a college player. <laughs> Ready for this? Uh, Sixteen rushes for two hundred and seventy-two yards. Uh, this guy is elu- elusive. Seventeen hundred yards rushing on the season. Seven point three yards per attempt. Nineteen touchdowns. Uh, didn't catch a single. Or he caught like two passes or something. He got two this passes. Guy, <laughs> this guy. This guy is um is really good at running the ball, but he has. He has to develop. He's like a developmental project. This could be a good guy for the Seahawks because we have Walker to kind of tote the rock a lot. And McBride is t- undeniably talented, but will need time to be more than just a guy who can run the football. So I, I kind of like Dwayne McBride as a, a Seahawks third round guy. That's kind of I'm really into him. Uh, Kevin, do you, do you like Dwayne McBride? Big fan? Uh, I am driving the uh, wagon on the. Dwayne McBride train. Um, I am all about this guy. Uh, I like his second gear. I like his acceleration. He, for a dude who's 5'10", 210, he can pull away. And so having someone, and he has really good contact balance. There are some dumb plays where you see him running along the sideline and someone tries to tackle him. And he basically like puts a shoulder in and spins away from the sideline and manages to not go out of bounds while also staying on his feet and continuing the run. Do you know who he reminds me of? Who you got? K- Kenneth Kenneth Walker. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, like, I was going to say down, Chris Carson or Ken, Joe Mixon if he learns how to catch. I wrote Ken Walker because he just he does yeah. remind me of Ken Walker. He there's no catching on tape, so you don't know. I mean, maybe he's awesome at catching. I doubt it if they never had him catch any footballs. But uh, yeah, maybe he's sweet at catching. But he just the way he runs, he's so elusive, and he's like they said, Kevin, he has legitimate breakaway speed yeah 76 like, uh, missed tackles forced 45 runs of 10 or more yards 25 of 15 or more 1399 yards. our next player 1399 yards 17 touchdowns tcu's kendra miller uh kendra miller i i'm a i'm a fan he's 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 good it, there's there's nothing um excited about it except for he's big like i i was surprised when i saw he was 220 i was like oh this is like a guy who who really um I just don't think he's going to athletically test very well today. I think we're going to see today. Kendra Miller is um, he's young. So you might like think like, Oh, we could get him and develop him. But the athleticism is just not there for me. So that's kind of what keeps him in round three. Kind of a good day two pick for me. Yeah. I'm going to be watching his 10 yard split. 
Um, because mm-hmm. I think his acceleration is going to outpace his top speed, which I don't mind it running back if he can hit the hard. That's great. Um, I like that he runs with a really good, like he's stout and he runs with a nice pad level. So he ended up with seventy missed tackles forced on two hundred twenty four attempts. Um, mm-hmm. so he's like he's breaking tackles a lot. He's a, he's an able pass catcher. Um, he just kind of needs to round out his ability. So having a floor as kind of a two down power back is not a bad thing because he's pretty scheme versatile. I think he can like he has the acceleration to get to the outside that I don't think Charbonnet really does. So yeah, plug can, him into any scheme. He can bounce around a little bit, which I which I really like. Um, but he just needs to. I mean, he needs to. He looks sometimes it, on plays. He looks tired. He needs the oxygen mask. Like, oh, so, so the Chris Carson <laughs> cop is back. Gassed. <laughs> I have Cam kidding. Akers here, but I'm about to erase that. <laughs> um, all right. Then our, my last day two guy. Uh, well, I didn't order them. I just put this guy last because I, I know that we have a maybe a minor disagreement here. But this guy was the <clears throat> star of the Senior Bowl. He was named Player of the Week. He has been hilarious in interviews all week. He said that his favorite thing to the thing that he his go to meal is a 30 piece from chicken nugget from Chick-fil-A. This is my guy, uh Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Um he's very like small. A man after my own heart. Uh 5'10" 200, but I really think that he can be the an excellent change of pace back. He averaged 7 yards per carry in Tulane, at Tulane, uh, 21 touchdowns last year, great change of direction. Um he just needs to be a little more decisive in his cuts and he'll be he, I think he could he could be really, really good. At bare minimum, he's a good change of pace back to me. Uh Kevin, when you watch Ty J Spears, what do you think? Uh so Ty J Spears is the dividing line between a day two and day three guy for me. Um he actually came in at the combine a little bigger than he was listed. So I was pretty happy about that. Uh he got up to two hundred pounds and carried it pretty well. Um my thing with him is uh, he, he has trouble in short yardage situations. He has, there are things that he can't do, but the things he can do, he can do at an elite level. Uh, the comp I had for him was a mod Bradshaw or a Matt Breda. Yeah. I could see him being like, um, like a Westbrook type. That's kind of what, what I, what I envision like long-term, but he has to develop a little bit. He has the chops though. And the elusiveness like that. And if he can get that many touches, then I do think that he's really worth it. So I could easily be like, if we picked him in round three, I would have a lot of glowing things to say about him. If we picked him in round four, I would be hyped. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. So, okay. These are, these are all guys that we would say that Seahawks could kind of take a look at on day four, five or uh, round four or five, six or seven, or maybe even as a UD. Some of these guys will might, will probably be UDFAs as well. All right, Kevin, I'm going to say a name and you just give me like the two sentence review. You ready? Yep. And then I'll, maybe I'm all throwing a sentence if I have a strong opinion. Sean Tucker. Uh, Sean Tucker, uh, just a guy. Yeah. He's very, very boring. <laughs> That's my Syracuse's Sean Tucker is going to be does like running those, back things. Sony Michelle's my comp. He's not bad, but he's not good. Keaton Mitchell. Uh, Jitterbug. This dude is really fast, really small. Um, his, uh, he might not have an amazing 40 time, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's like in the four fours, but it's uh, like 10 yard splits could be dumb. Yeah. It's, uh, Tariq it's, Cohen's my comp. It's weird that he didn't, uh, like, I don't know. I felt like he could have been. It, it, it's weird because it's like you look at him and you think, oh, he's going to be like a change of pace back, but he shouldn't. He coded the rock for Eastern Carolina. 
Like it's yep. that's that's like he had like a million carries. So it it's gonna be weird. I don't know how he I don't know how he translates to the NFL, is basically what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm kind of uh I don't know, stuck between two minds. Kenny McIntosh. Uh great pass catching back. Like at the very least, um he has an NFL role as a pass catching back. Um I I like what he brings to the table. Antonio Gibson was my comp. Uh Illinois Chase Brown. Uh dude needs to hold on to the football and if he can do that, I think <laughs> five, he five is fumbles very last year. Five fumbles. It's like But like that's yes. the only thing I didn't like about his game. <laughs> but hey, do you want to call Chase Brown thing? His twin brother set the bar for safeties yesterday in the in the forty. Yeah. And then yeah, they're like they like have a little rivalry going and he said he was talking up how he's gonna beat him today. So I thought that was pretty <laughs> fun. Um he had the second I would draft most both. He had um of power five backs, uh he had the second most force missed tackles with 83 he's he is a good running back but like you said kevin ball security issues and he's not it you'd think he'd be more powerful based on how big he is uh so the the ball security thing will probably take him off the seahawks board if you if you ask me the uh, only but, thing is he's got big hands so it he should be able to figure it out because it seems like it, it's a technique thing not like a tiny hands can't hold it thing it doesn't make sense to me uh deuce vaughn 1500 yards last year nine touchdowns what do you, uh kansas state what do you think uh hey eric how much did you like work done uh, uh, up and down, man. I mean, I, I love me okay. some work done. I mean, this dude is work done sized. He's like Chiquiz Roger, but like thinner. He pinballs off people. I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that enough. I mean, plus it's a fun name. <laughs> Deuce Vaughn Deuce is awesome until uh, you touch him. Five five one seventy nine. He's just, he's not breaking. He's not breaking any tackles. When he we might were make you. About tank he might make you. He might make you miss, some, but uh, I saw some some footage on Tank Bigsby, and he he went down. I saw like, oh, he can break some tackles, and I was like, ah, he can break some tackles. So yeah, that's, that's why it's got to be something if you're going to be a Seahawk. That's why Tank's Tank's down in round three for us. Uh, all right, uh, let's go with Eric Gray, Oklahoma, thirteen hundred yards last Great year, eleven name. touchdowns. Uh, yeah, perfect name for Eric. What do you, what do you think about Eric Gray? Uh, he doesn't like his lack of top speed makes him more of a gap or inside zone guy. Um, but if he can improve his blocking skills, I think he could be like an elite third down back. Roshan Johnson, B. John Robinson's backup at Texas. What do you think? Uh, he reminds me of Brian Hill coming out of Wyoming a couple years ago, ended up on the Falcons. He's like, he's big. He's big. He does big guy stuff well, but he's like, his athletic testing is not going to be special. He does. He does not want to go down. This guy, this guy's like, you're not tackling me without like a, a really uh, quite the battle. Uh, Chris Rodriguez Jr., uh, 904 yards last year, six touchdowns out of the University of Kentucky, Kevin. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is a little more athletic and a little less tough than Roshan Johnson. I, it's one of those like Roshan Johnson and Chris Rodriguez uh, office meme. Show me the difference between these two pictures. Uh, last but certainly not least, Pittsburgh's Israel Abanaconda, fourteen hundred yards, nearly six yards per attempt, and twenty touchdowns last year. Uh, Kevin Israel is he is he is he is he your dude? Uh, my comp for him CJ Procise. Uh, he doesn't know how to play running back, but he does running back things really well. So he's he like needs to be coached up. He's too loose, man. Like it's like it's like what are you? 
he doesn't seem to have like a like a plan. Is that, yes, is that... he ru- he runs like he just made an interception and he's just trying to get down the field. But somehow he always finds he found so many big plays last year. Yeah, nineteen um, percent or uh, sorry, seven hundred eighty-two yards after contact, which is a lot, second most in the Power Five. But like he didn't really break that many tackles. It's just this guy can make big plays. He's interesting. Yeah, he's really good he's at 20. like taking angles that are hard. And he, exactly, he's twenty. He can develop. So like it's an interest. He's an interesting player. He just you gotta. He's gotta. He's gotta get a little crispier. You know, he's gotta. Get, he's gotta tighten it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I'm. A, I'm a fan. I think it. It, it could really work. Okay. Um, let's get to the uh, the money zone here. There are many. I I was really trying to keep the this episode like they've been blowing these draft episodes can get really blown out. So I was like yep. trying really hard not to to let that happen, and I think I was successful this time. All right, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so head over to patreoncom Nest and for as little as a dollar twenty four a month, join the Discord, come hang out with us. Thank you to our current patrons emmanuel andy brett cooper do it all for the tucci evan Floctimus, gavin greta james jose joshua lucas rad dad nikki c ryan timothy astro blake bob casey Dave, daniel david Foles, jay michelle mike mike richard thomas warwolf brandon and nick also um thank you if you are like flat broke and you have no money and you're like dang i really want to support the show but i don't know how nathan always just talks about the patreon be like 80 curb stomp 80 and leave a review on i leave a leave a nice review on iTunes because th- thanks thanks man appreciate the the kind words and uh, yeah that stuff helps people find the show as well if we get a bunch of reviews it bumps us up the like the algorithm a lot so you know if you guys all just go this week and and put a review in there that that would uh, that'd be awesome still over fifty percent of people listen to their podcasts through Apple Podcasts so it's the number one platform for for discovery of new pods all right uh, our m- movie this week. Uh, you might have figured it out based on my intro uh, with using the Michelin starred chefs. Uh, we're talking about the menu. Um, and this will Eric's be spoilers. Doing a separate review from us love dogs though right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to keep my dog from <laughs> disrupting the podcast and he's just chewing on my hand nonstop. So uh, this, uh, this will be spoiler. This will be spoiler filled, but I think the biggest twist in this movie is that it's not, it doesn't turn into cannibalism, <laughs> which I, I think unless you unless you knew something beforehand, I, I thought it was like, oh, it's totally going to go into cannibalism. And I thought I mean, like it that, really seemed like that was where it was going to go. Yes, I really thought like they're all oh, they're all going to chop their hands off and he's going to cook them or something. It's going to be super weird. They're going like to hunt it, them and and yeah, you know, flay them on the open barbecue. It's going to be gross and weird. I was going to say, it seems like the, the opening commentary from the beginning is like super on the nose. This has all the subtlety of a jackhammer. And so I, I thought inevitably what was going to happen is that all these rich people were just like already knew that they were going to be eating poor people. And then like the uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's character was going to be the one that was like, you guys are eating people. That's not OK. And then everyone else could be like, what are you talking about? Thought- we do this like three times a year. I thought they were going to eat themselves. I was like, oh, they're that was on like the list auto, too. On auto cannibalism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this movie's cool. It, it, it doesn't take it. The thing I think that really makes this movie work is it's not taking itself overly seriously. Um, if it did like it, it's like, it'd be obnoxious. It, it'd be obnoxious. Like it's definitely knows exactly what it is. Like this is a weird premise. <laughs> it's just a, it's a goo kind of goofy movie. And we're gonna like let it kind of be, um, be what it is. It's not. It's not. Um, it's always and it's always fun to see like 
you know, the, the, the one percenters just get dunked on like, like in this movie. What's well, making so. fun of the pretentious as opposed to being pretentious, which I thought was pretty funny. It yeah. kind of reminds me, um, though it doesn't hit the comedy notes as hard. It reminds me of ready or not. Um, okay. so I think if, I think if someone liked ready or not, they would probably like this one. Um, mm. the cast in this man, uh, Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Nick Holt, uh, like as like kind of the anchors of it. And then like John Leguizamo is great. I love his character um, as the uh, uh, semi has been actor that won't admit it. Like that was the so insecure good. actor. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't his character credited as movie star or something? Yes. Like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because like uh, you're not allowed to say his name around him. It'll kind of make him upset. Like <laughs> it's so weird. Um, I, there's a there's like a couple there's like speeches in this movie like uh where like people people talk for long form I think that that really works because the actors are so good, um a lot of these actors have to carry pretty heavy weights and like Ralph Fine and Anya Taylor Joy and Nicholas Holt they're all really really good act really talented actors and it helps it rate it, it elevates the movie immensely this movie easily could have been made for eight million dollars and uh had a bunch of no-name actors in it and probably no one would have seen it because and it would have been a nice solid three out of five what, what i think makes it like really interesting is the performances that they people are really doing work like all of these every person in this movie is really putting in the in the work and i think that that's what you're a taker <laughs> uh, I really liked how all the all the chefs in the movie, outside of uh, Ray Fine's character, uh, all the sous chefs, the um, the line cooks, weren't anyone I've seen before. And not saying that they're not recognizable to some people, but uh, they were just people that you know they played their part, which is what you do in the kitchen. Um, yep. It felt it felt it felt natural. It felt really cool. Yeah, and I, I like too, like, um, so I've worked in service industry um, a lot, uh, all through, like, for, like, uh, nine years, I think, was how long I worked, at least some. And I think, like, um, there's, like, you don't realize, like, how people idolize other people in, like, these food service situations, like, when there's, like, a, like, a really good chef or whatever um and i only worked in one situation where i would say the person was felt like a chef <laughs> all the other ones were like uh red robin you know that it doesn't feel like there's a, chef with a lot red of robin. cooks but not chefs uh, but then like that was one situation i was in where where i was like okay this feels like there's this there's a chef here and people really look up to this guy and yeah like that i could you know that's a little extreme but i could really see people like following a chef off of a cliff like this because like they really build like this like cult of personality around themselves with like these people just kind of hanging on their every word and wanting to it wanting to impress the person really badly too, that like desire to impress which i think makes it it makes it like unbelievable enough to me and that you know what um as a service industry worker it was nice to get like a like a you know real crazy horror movie for for that was specifically for us well if <laughs> you're like a, if you're in a michelin star <laughs> restaurant or something like that you're in there like 80 hours a week your mm -hmm. your free time is spent very sparingly because you don't have much. So, yeah, uh, the the cult of personality with chefs has got to be, I don't know, it's it's huge. You can see it in culture. You can see it everywhere. Um, one thing in this movie that I I thought was great is so it you know back in a time where I'd label things, I'd say like I'm a bit of a foodie, which was my way of saying like I really like food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like all sorts of food. I like eating. Yeah, yeah. I like eating. 
Uh, but Nicholas Holt's character, um, just this overly pretentious diner who's got to be on the list. And oh, does the does the, did the chef look at me? Um, there are there are people that are very similar to this out there. And was it you noticed the nutmeg or whatever it was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the craziest thing I ever did chef wise was uh, I went to Jose Andre's restaurant in one of his five in Washington D.C. when I was there. And I went to the cheapest one, but I went there just because it was one of his restaurants and, you know, I was traveling. So I was like, I want to check it out. And uh, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. But I, I wasn't Nick Holt. No, no. <laughs> I've, I've done a little of that, too. I went to Momofuku and I went to um, yes. which is David Chang's restaurant. I went to what was uh, oh, what's Oprah's private chef's name guy? That What's that guy's name? Stedman. Uh, no, oh, it's like a, it's like a art. Art Smith. I, I've been to some of his restaurants and I've been to like, I've done the same thing, Eric, where I've gone to like these like higher end uh, restaurants and like, and then I eat and I'm like, this food is great. But like, you probably could have got great food anywhere. That's the thing that's that I think another message in this movie, right? Like the, the, the idea, burger. like the, the burger, like with where, where you, you can get great food at any price point and at any place. And um, it's just about the, like kind of the passion with which it is prepared and the, the, um, the whole thing. And uh, this podcast will talk about mommy's dumplings. Rest in peace. Like that I know. was so, so that was good. That was so good dumplings. That was really great place. Yeah. And it's like you just have to like, you know, you just have to get out there and try stuff. And I think um, there's just so many co- like commentaries going on in this movie, too, um, that just I think are interesting. It give you a lot to chew on. Well, I think uh, the three of us would say, uh, you know, all having had customer or public facing uh, jobs. And coming out of the pandemic, this is especially an interesting time to do this movie. It not only hit like service industry from a food perspective, but really it hit service industry from how um, people treat different layers of the people involved in the service industry um, from being so dismissive uh, of people that have what are deemed lower tier jobs and then people being so uh like the deference to uh people that have like prestige jobs within it 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 was the contrast and the way that played out was uh what was the opening line when they're walking in that's the chef's cabin even we aren't allowed in there (laughs) yeah did you guys did you guys have favorite like line from the movie i have one can i go first because i don't want anyone to steal it uh when he goes what school did you go to (laughs) and then she says brown and he goes student loans and she goes no he goes sorry you're dying yes <laughs> <laughs> oh man it just cracked me up man i was dying i was laughing so hard um and just the, the way that that line is is delivered too just the way he the way he is in that movie is just so it's just like yeah he's he's crushing it he's, it absolutely would not work with so many actors but he did a great job um eric Kevin, do you have something that stand up, stood out to you? Uh, guys? I already did mine. It was the it's basically Ray Fine's entire speech about being a taker versus like a creator, and I think that that's something that can resonate in a lot of different ways. But it was also just it was a good monologue. Uh, no quotes for me, but uh, Hong Chow's performance in the movie was uh, uh, remarkable in the in the sense that I want to remark about it. It was uh, just someone the glue of the movie was Hong Chow. And any scene she was in, it was just like, oh, she's she's holding this movie together for me. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So uh, that's basically uh, the tacos too. Everything that taco, um, taco, taco, it was taco Tuesday, man. Anyway, um, the, <laughs> the, uh, that's basically it. So for, if you uh, want to give us your comments on the menu or talk to us about how we shouldn't draft a line running back because of positional value, head over to the discord. We will see you guys next week uh, for Eric, for Kevin, go Hawks. I did that all out of order. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>